0: Welcome, rugby lovers, to another edition of Rugby Deconstructed with myself, Andre and Richard. How's it? And joining us tonight, uh, my former captain and good mate down in Cape Town, William. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Andre. Good to be on the show again. Thanks yes. for having me.
0: Yeah, man. Good stuff. Alright, gents. Uh, we had a lot of rugby and it was good to have some South African rugby on show. And I'll kick off with... Um, Something that I picked up on the social media ways is a lot of complaining about the the difference in quality and if we're ready for, if our players will be ready for test rugby, um, and we you know where we are coming up a lot, sh- uh, coming up very short at the moment, and uh, I find it uh, a little bit disingenuous uh, from some of the fans because I think they don't, and they're not necessarily putting into perspective uh, where and how you prepare for a rugby season and where we are on the timeline compared to the teams in Europe and uh, Australia and New Zealand. So, you know, for the first round of Super Rugby Unlocked here in South Africa, I was actually very happy and satisfied with the the results. Uh, They all went as expected um maybe the quality wasn't as good there but uh specifically like for me the bulls uh Gricos game was really a good gr- a good game where the greek came out and they looked like they'd already played three four games and really put uh tested the balls
2: richard yeah. okay. yeah. um yeah i think uh, you're touching on a good point i mean it's getting it feels like a broken record at the moment um Fans, especially the previous weekend with the um, with the Springbok showdown and this weekend, it's um, we we literally we didn't have a preseason. We after six months you can't just uh, pick up where you left off. You we we literally we couldn't have a preseason. We literally had one round of games. The Superheroes of uh, Superfans Saturday acted as a preseason, and we the, the rust is expected it's something that if we go through the motions every season the first few two or three games you need to get into the swing of things you need to build up momentum um so the rust is it's supposed to be there and you're comparing it to uh, an english team uh, uh, english sides that are finishing up their season you're comparing us to pro 14 that's really gone into one season had a week off and started another one and the Aussies and New Zealanders that has been playing continuously on New Zealand since June and Aus Australia since July. So we we are on a back foot in terms of uh, what the pandemic has done. And uh, really, it's um, the, the the complaining should stop. We must just realise where we are at the moment, <laughs> and and deal with the cards that's been dealt with us. And then um, yeah, getting onto the your point about uh, the Curry Cup or sorry Super Rugby unlocked this weekend. Um, I mean, especially two of the points that we spoke about last week that we wanted to see were, was already ticked in the first weekend. I mean, I'm I'm happy. I mean, the the I know a lot of people are, were complaining about the Sharks Lions game. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fair tussle, and uh, especially Griquas. They last week we asked for them. We asked them and the Pumas to come to the party against full strength teams. I mean, last year the the uh, the Griquas. Beat the Bulls at Loftus, but that was against a pretty much uh, a depleted team with no Springboks or no fr- uh, front line of, uh, as you say, first choice starters. This year they they come within seven points against the uh, against a proper uh, full strength Bulls team, and they made a, they had a real go at it. And there's a lot of talent coming through in the Griquas team, and that's actually what we need in terms of competing against um, the top leagues and uh, against the premiership pro uh, pro 14 uh, top 14 if we want to compete against those likes we need the death and that's what Griquas is going to bring to the party if they continue with that
1: yeah yourself william
2: yeah just from my side
1: um just uh, building on the greek performance there i was a little bit worried after i saw the pumas took almost 50 points in the first half against the cheetahs i was really worried about but what sort of level Gricos would be at when they played a, a full-strength Bulls team, considering what the Bulls did to the Sharks not too long ago. So I was very pleased to see where the cricketers were at. and that they gave, Obviously, it wasn't a, a very entertaining game, or the quality wasn't right up there where it could be. Um, but it was good to see the Gricos giving a, a fist of it and almost pulling off a, what would definitely be considered a big upset. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where Gricos and Pumas go. Just based on what people are been saying about Australia and the New Zealand leagues, you must remember, they also New Zealand started playing again in June, so they only were off. Let's call it three months. We were off for almost double that time. So I know obviously you do lose a lot of skills and fitness, etc., over those three months. But to try double that and make it six months for our guys. It makes it a lot harder. And they were probably training; they were training a lot earlier than than we were. So oh, and our we lockdown
0: regulations, sorry to drop exactly. there. our lockdown regulations were totally different to that in Australia and uh, New Zealand, where you literally had to sit at home and. Walk around your garden and and, use, yeah. and and I know a lot of the, a lot of the teams like uh, sent out walk bikes and stuff, but it, it's not the same as getting out onto a field and running where we were totally restricted from that. Uh, yeah.
1: and, every citizen. And so, we went from we went from lockdown to training in fives to full contact training to playing rugby in a very short space of time because we were just it was necessary for the for the professional players to get out there. Yeah. Another um, thing that
0: I've just uh, just remembered is you know the the top four uh, top four teams in South Africa were broken. They didn't have that extra warm up game where the Cheetahs and the Griquas they played twice against each other. So effectively they've had two two uh, battles together as a squad going into the game where uh, the Sharks, Lions, Bulls, and Stormers now also with a bye in the first round haven't had haven't had that luxury they had the super rugby where their squads were robbed as as normal for players to go to do some springbok duty with a coaching setup so you can see that the two teams that, that played with the most continuity in the first round were the teams that were almost least affected by the by the super rugby and actually played more uh competitive games before and even if they were just warm up games
2: yeah. But I think we must also remember not to be too hard on these guys, or, or, or come up for excuses of them. But since '95, this has probably been the longest off season that they've, that we've had in uh, since in, in history, if you can remember. I think that's it's it's a good six months worth of off season. It's it's since we haven't had something like this yet. Yeah, since the start of professionalism, we haven't had a six-month off-season for the guys. Um, so it's been something to get used to. And I think another point we're going to touch on definitely will be the rugby championship and, um, and what's happening there. But we are really, really undercooked through no fault of our own.
0: Yeah, that's just uh, the it's the way the, the chips have fallen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, if, if I could touch uh, one thing, I, the Sharks, I really I enjoyed their their first 10-15 minutes um, I just don't think they their fitness is up there to sustain a game that that type of game that they want to play um, and it kind of uh, allowed, allowed the lines to claw back into the game uh, I think the Pumas they, they started off very slow and a little bit deer in the headlight uh, and then uh, I think halftime Jimmy took them took them aside and gave them a good talking to and Coming back to that Bulls game, what really, you know, people are, are, a lot of Bulls fans complaining about the game and saying it was rubbish and stuff, but the Bulls scored 30 points, um, three tries. One of them was from a, a dominant scrum penalty try, and they were made to w- work for their win. They were 10-0 down just before halftime, went in at halftime, 10 all. And William, you know, how many times have we played, even if it's a, you know, a fun social club game? Where you know we're, we were in games where it was 10 all with 10 minutes to go and then we'd end up winning the game 2220 purely through class and working hard and just being better prepared and you can see it with a bigger union that you know a smaller a smaller team like the Greek was can bring the fight and give you a good test. Um, but if you keep your composure and you stick to your guns you can you can walk out
1: with a win. Yeah I must also remember that Bulls team is also still fairly fresh. A lot of guys, they, they hadn't played in February, March when Super Rugby started. And they're also just coming together as a team. I think that, that pre-season game with a um, fan Saturday game that they played against the Sharks, that was maybe a bit of a, a one-off possibly. And I think expectations are incredibly high of what the Bulls can do yeah. um, with their new squad. And obviously, they've got a lot of talent and a lot of um, depth and experience. But I think, I think that's going to happen for them just at the click of a finger. It's going to take them a little bit of time to to put a team together. And I think it showed on on Saturday night against Crickwoods. Having yeah. said that, I definitely think that if that had been another Bulls team, they probably would have lost that game to Crickwoods by 10 mm-hmm. points or so. But with that experience, a little bit of extra knowledge, a bit of overseas um, grits and hard, Five players, they, they managed to pull off a victory, which is, which is good for the Bulls. We need them strong. The stronger they are, the better it is for SA Rugby.
0: I think you touched on a very important point there, is experience, where, where Saracens, I know, they, they went through a thing where they said they want their play, the players starting as young as possible together in their age groups and then moving into the senior, senior ranks. And they want players to have at least played 50, 60, 70 games together. And the Bulls, that's effectively one game together. With it Because it's a, a total new setup, so if you if you think of it, uh, thinking trophies in the first season, that's quite a high expectation. Where you know if you want to create a dynasty and long the longevity of a team, you've got to think more four, or five years down the line when the players that you've got or have stuck around together for that long. Moving on to rugby championship, Richard, did you get out the coffee and the rusks and get up at five to 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 watch the New Zealand? Aussie Blader's Cup.
2: Ah oh, well, what rugby fan would not do that? I mean, that uh, made me feel I think back to to primary school day days where you got up at uh, at 5 o'clock to watch uh, Crusaders play Waratahs just because it was rugby on at five in the morning. It was something special. So, I mean, it's good to return to those times. And um, I mean, it was a very enjoyable game. Um, I mean, if this this I think if the scoreline flatter is is flattest to deceive in terms of in terms of what was put on show and also I mean Australia I didn't think we we, we expected Australia to to bring it to to the all blacks the way that they did
0: uh, I, I, I was very pr- pressed uh, Wally, well while I just bring up something here quickly you want to comment on the game
1: um yeah I just just on what Richard said there I think I think it would be silly to write the eyes off not it wasn't long ago that we were number seven in the world we had taken record losses. We were getting new coaches in, etc. So we've been exactly where Australia have been in the last couple of years. So I think we know exactly what they're going through, and everyone gets themselves up for a test against Australia or against the All Blacks in New Zealand, no matter if it's South Africa, Australia, England. All the big teams will be able to get themselves up. I didn't think, I didn't think it was going to be um, a draw. I didn't think that Aussies would get a result, um, but I, I didn't think it was going to be competitive between the two nations. Uh, but I think it's it's really good to see that uh, that Australia are competing again.
2: Yeah. William, you touched on a very important point there in terms of teams. That's, if you actually look at it a lot, the last few years, um, teams have really uh, gone for all out when they play in New Zealand. I mean, we can think about Argentina, uh, the, the Puma's performances in the last couple of years. Uh, they tend to be in the game up into the 60, 65th minute. They, they, they might even be leading up to that point before they fade away um I mean I looked at the uh, stats about the last five games that New Zealanders has played in Wellington. Strange enough they've only won one of the last five in Wellington and that was against the 14man French team and you look at the score it's like 2613. so it's it's something that's creeped up in under underneath the uh, under the radar in terms of teams actually they can be, the dogs breakfast for eleven months of the year, and they will c- rock up in New Zealand, and they will bring the A game. And I think we've we've proven that we be that that we can do it. And um, I mean, I think it was high time that Australia also did it. If you look at their previous results in New Zealand over the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I, I did a little bit of reading up on the on this whole All Black um, aura thing, and. You know, just quickly Googling, uh, I've got, uh, can you guys see the screen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All Black Aura is gone, David Campisi. Um, You know, legendary uh, Wallaby winger David Campisi has spoken out after the Bledisloe Cup clash uh, on the weekend, which ended in a 16-all draw. Campisi's comments were not flattering at all towards the All Blacks players and coaching staff. Everything happens off the field before it happens on the field, Campisi said. They came out and they, they have been so arrogant about Super Rugby. I'm not sitting there. I'm sorry. And I'm sitting there thinking, you guys, you're going to fall on your sword soon. And it's starting to happen now. Now, you know, those those comments by David Campisi, Um, got me thinking. So I went back and checked. And I, I don't have it in a chronologic, chronological time order, but if you have to think about the, the following losses that the All Blacks have taken, they started off with that drawn series against the British and Irish Lions. Then you add the loss to Ireland in Chicago. Then you add the loss and the draw at home to the, uh, the Springboks. And you add uh, the loss to England in the Rugby World Cup in the semi-final, And now you add a draw at home to the Australians that's, you know, still debatingly, you know, they're not at the peak of the game, but they've definitely, they're climbing out of the doldrums and they're on their way up now under the new coaching staff and with some senior players back in that back line just to steer the ship uh, in a better direction. And, you know, then you start thinking that David Campisi's um, words are are valid. Then I went and looked at um the last time Australia beat them. And can you guys remember when? The last uh, time
2: in New Zealand or the last no, time no just in, the last uh,
0: time they beat them.
2: Yeah it last was the 47, 26 result in Perth. 47 26. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know what happened a week later? Thirty six
2: no
0: They got thirty six nil. So you know, yes. Uh I think what's happened is with those results that I've uh that are read out where New Zealand have lost, teams have come across a formula and how to beat New Zealand. That you know, it's matched them physically, put them pre- put them under pressure, pressure they fly off. In your face defense, you know. Um obviously we're blessed with Chasing the Sun, which we'll review on completion of the series. And, you know, a lot of the, the insights in an in a international squad are coming out through listening to Russi and Jacques and Matthew Proudford talk to the players and how they approach the games. And, you know, it, it's all about self-belief and, you know, knowing that you can win, win a game. And I, I think the, the gap has definitely closed from between the international sides, the top international sides in New Zealand um and now it's just working on the belief in the and like william I, I, I like uh referring to us because we came a long way you know we we were always mid-table and we always lost games that we should have won and it just took uh froggy and a mate uh, a couple of mates pulling together to to rectify you know those small little things and then the wins started to come for us
1: yeah i think i think a lot of what Campisi says is is pretty accurate i just think it's coming from the wrong person because as soon as something comes out of his mouth the next weekend, a complete opposite sort of thing happens. So, I yeah. think he might be setting up his, his mates for a bit of um, a Kiwi backlash next week. But I do agree oh, with what, a lot oh. of what he's saying about the aura of the All Blacks. I think I think the first mistake that they made was going with Foster as a coach. I think they needed something fresh, something different, something new. Someone young like Robertson would have been a perfect candidate for the next, if not the next World Cup, the next two World Cups. let yeah. see where he can take it. I think they're going also also, Sam Kane. I don't know. They say he's been the one grooming for the captaincy. Yeah, I mean, is he yeah. is he the right one for the job? Let's, see, let's well, wait and see. I think they Richard, could have done something Richard,
0: even different. Yeah, Richard. Before we come to you on that point, uh, Sam Kane made twenty-five tackles, didn't miss one, and he forced two turnovers. So yeah, it's it's difficult when you you know when you haven't had a great uh, you know when you you look at Sam Kane and the Chiefs, they didn't have a great Super Rugby, but. You know, then all of a sudden he puts that all-black jersey on and he's a different animal.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Yeah, his numbers Can't argue with
2: those. Yeah. Richard? Yeah, well, I think, um, as you say, touching on Campisi, you go through that article as well. Um, Just touch on a few points where he says New Zealand has been arrogant about the way that they've approached super rugby. And, I mean, actually, I can't remember the Crusaders calling themselves or saying that they won their first title in how many years or. declaring themselves super rugby champions though the way that the aussies did in that sense as well and you say i mean he, he says the aura is broken but the aussies they still didn't win they still did not actually uh, get the win at the, the, in the same way that the box or the or the lions did over the last few years so to say that the aura from i think the the the, the context or the the the, the article itself has got valid points, but it's coming from the wrong people at the moment. I think the Aussies still have a long way to go before they can start making claims such as, as such as these from 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 where they are coming from at the moment.
0: Yeah, I def- they've definitely got a long way to go, but I th- they've definitely with Dave Reddy and the the setup no. there. I think the I know Tamu is playing a massive role. Uh, obviously, they've got the stability there with Michael Hooper. He got his hundredth cap. You know, I'm not a fan of Michael Hooper in general, but you know, you've got to respect playing 100 Tests for your country. And um, I think I they put his stats up, the he's only got a 51 percent win rate as a as a captain. You know, but then when you look at other captains around the world, not many have got any better win percentage uh, in terms of specifically playing against the All Blacks, Australia, or South Africa.
2: Yeah.
0: What do you guys make of the... Sorry, William, go ahead.
1: Yeah, just from my side, a bit of team chat there in the Aussies. I thought um, the selection of James O'Connor at 10 was quite a good one. It's good to see him playing 10 for the Reds throughout, the, throughout um, Super Rugby AU, and I they've to him to, start to play at 10 with yeah. the Aussie, in the Aussie jersey. As he's often, he's, been, he's gone from 12 to wing to fullback, back to fly half. So, it's good to see him steering the ship there and, and getting a bit of consistency right. throughout, uh, throughout the team.
0: Yeah, you know, talking about team selections there, obviously that brings like we if we want to try and tie that up in tie it up to with what's happening here in South Africa, we've got Damian Willem. So I'm happy yeah. that they've made the decision that they're gonna stick with him at 10. Uh if I disagree or not, at least he's gonna be concentrating on one one position. Um I'm I'm a big big believer in having hybrid players, but not too many. You know, your key position players shouldn't be hybrid players. And like you're saying there with James O'Connor, you know. This is the uh, decision for the national squad and um, Thorne and Rennie, obviously, we've got some sort of relationship, both being Kiwis, bought into the idea and it's starting to pay dividends for them. You're just looking at combinations, you know, the Jack you moving to 12 this year and then Rico from 11 to, to 13. I don't, I, I'm not sold on that centre combination. I don't know how you guys have felt.
1: Just from my side, I was quite interesting when um, Anton Leonard-Brown came onto the field as well. And then he went to outside centre and even the commentators commented and said they should have moved Jack Goodhue to outside centre and moved brown to inside centre. So even when a substitute comes on, we're still not sold by the centre combination, which would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, Um, yeah, 100%. And and often New Zealand have had their 12 and 13 buttoned down. We know exactly what the story is, who's 12, who's 13, and what the plan is. But for them to, to see them not know exactly... Who their best twelve is, or who their best thirteen is—it's—it's it's, yeah, it's, its interesting to see. Maybe it's a, a depth thing. Maybe they've got too many guys to choose yep. from. Maybe maybe they don't have enough guys or the right person in the right positions to to fill those slots. But it'll be interesting to see what goes what goes on um, in the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, Richard. go, um, yeah, you know what? For me, was lacking there. Um, getting on back to that, I think it's something I point. Uh, I just caught on was the. What, what I think something that Russi's built in now and, um, and something that Graham Henry with Steve Hansen had is that there was always this um, continuity going in. It didn't feel like you there was a the start of a brand new era when, when, for instance, when Henry left and Hansen comes in. Now with Russi, because he's still involved there and he's got a con- continuity plans, it doesn't feel like we're starting a new era straight from the World Cup. For me, it started like the All Blacks, were of, or it felt like the All Blacks were starting afresh, that they, they were now testing out combinations and and as you say experimenting where it's not something that they used to that they've really done at the start of a new cycle really so um yeah i, I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see a lot more of these things coming up from foster because it feels like he's, he's he doesn't have that same um plan of action as that henry and um, and hansen had in the past
0: yeah i was i was discussing at work today you know the the whole sele- selection thing and the this New Zealand selection at the moment reminds me of the two thousand and three, two thousand and seven um, New Zealand squads where those coaches didn't know who they they had the best teams between World Cups, yeah, but when it they came to the knockout game, they didn't know like, who they they didn't know who their best no. combination was or who their best player was. You had a fullback playing at outside centre all of a sudden, and you know then it just went to pot for them. Mm-hmm. So, like yeah, you know, I think. Yeah, I think you're spot on there with the testing combinations and stuff when the, they could just be adding to to the formula that works and building depth uh,
1: from there. So I think yeah. I, Andre, I think you're probably referring to 99 when they had Cullen, yeah. Olsen, Umanga, they had Timmy yeah. Alomu, and they tried to fit them all into the team and they just messed them around by playing them in the wrong positions. So it yeah. was yeah, possibly a similar thing now with the Barretts and um, Damian McKenzie. Richie Moanga, yeah, maybe they're just um, dropping the ball there a little bit. You,
0: you got you got Bowden Barrett and Richie Mwanga. How do you fit them both into one team? It's you know mm. Barrett's playing. If he's if he's your fly off, you know, and but he's spending more time at fullback. I think he, he's one of the hybrid players that it doesn't really matter where you put him on the field. He'll 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 operate for you. So yeah, I just they've got they've got a they've definitely allowed england south africa australia to sit up and go ah, you know we can start wedding in new zealand and then that's going to put more pressure on them and you know foster's only got two years to to write the ship it's taking on water not very quickly and we will see this weekend how quickly they rectify and and see how they they, they rectify this weekend's uh game now if we we want to bring it back to to south africa and Richard, I think you touched on it now, what's important is Rossi's got his squad and you uh, with the green and the green versus gold, you could see the, the experienced players and what he did was he, wherever there was an experienced position, there was a a, a youngster put with um, put with a, a senior player, you know, so we had Nohamba playing between Dwayne and Alton, you know, and you could see how he flourished. So, you know, for me, moving forward into Super Rugby Unlocked and into the Curry Cup, I'm I'm not necessarily worried about the likes of Ams and Dwayne and Alton and those boys because you know what you, you've got in them. They're just going to sharpen themselves up and get ready for, for the next level. But I'm more worried. I'm, I'm more interested, is the correct word, at looking at who's coming through from the junior ranks. And, you know, who, oh. for you guys, who stood up this weekend that you really uh, thought... Um, even though it's round the first round, but who really stood up and said, "Okay, this guy's taking his opportunity to make Rossi and Jock uh, sit on the edge of the seat to, to put them on the paper."
2: Yeah, I think there's three that really stood out for me. Um, a, a fourth one, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on him as a as a fourth point. But firstly, um, one thing that we touched on earlier uh, in the in the year, where I felt we might be. Um, a bit uh, shallow on depth was on wings but for me vancock on the w- on Friday night actually showed that he's got the he- he's got the the, the driving intensity to make the step up he's as i said last week he's in, for me, in great physical condition and um, he's doing the basics right so I think vancock really impressed for me uh, Notch also impressed uh, for me in terms of what he can can bring to the party if if we uh, I think in, in when Dwayne decides to call it a day, well, we're going to be in good hands because we've got him. Well, it will be interesting to see what um, Trophy does this weekend when he gets a run for the Stormers, if, if they decide to pick him. And then the, the third one that really impressed me, and this is actually in, interesting doing some reading up in terms of um, what we need to look forward, and touching on, as you say, having too a many little, people...
0: A oh, little wiki and winding.
2: Yeah, was uh, <laughs> was old uh, Zach Berger from, um, from the Greek West. And actually, just doing a bit of back, uh, background search on him, he decided to leave the Sharks. He was part of the Sharks Academy. or was a junior park. He decided to leave the Sharks last year um, and take up an opportunity with Griquas. Now, if you think about it, if, if somebody like that didn't take the opportunity with another team, Zappberger would be stuck behind the He would have to compete with Jaden Hendricks, with Grant Williams. So there would have been a fourth, uh, four, four decent scrum holes there but well, you only have space for two. So I think, and he really stood up for me um, in the Griquist game. I mean, we can all spot him miles away with that mullet. I mean, he's really makes uh, give Jack, uh, makes Jack good you blush. But for me, he, he took the opportunity and I'm actually excited to see what he can offer. If you look at his credentials, he's a, a junior Bach. And as I say, he was part of the shark setup and he decided, you know what, I'm rather going to take the opportunity somewhere else to get more game time. and. Yeah, he was re- he impressed.
0: Yeah, and the that, that Fox Academy is really good, so he would have got his fundamentals would have been um, sorted out uh, at the junior level. So he, he's primed for uh, you know Super Rugby, Curry Cup with a with a, a province, you know, starting week in and week out. Yourself, William. Who anybody, any player there that stood out that you
1: you'd put their name down on your 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 depth chart and your squad? There was um, the uh, the number six for the Cheetahs, and I think his name's Daniel Martins. He was one of the guys who really stood out for me. I know it was a bit of an open game against the Pumas, and Pumas yes, obviously yes. got the blocks so a little bit slow. But he was yep. someone who I just yeah you know, I just caught my eye when he was um, when he was um, playing for the Cheetahs. I, I knew I think he played for shimlas Sorry, sorry, I, I lied. He played for the Pumas, but he was at Shimlers back in the day. And I knew he played for the Pumas number six. So yeah, he stood out for me and looked um, looked like a real. Uh, someone who could possibly put his name out there during the super rugby unlocked. Um, and I was I was just genuinely impressed with François Ofstein. I thought he was I thought he was on top of his game. He wasn't um he wasn't trying to be too much of a hero in the team and he, he just, I thought he just had a, a solid game all around. And I think we need we need a backup twelve because during the World Cup we only had Damien de Allende really there. And the backup was, was Stan So I think it's important that we do have someone there to um to fill out of Damien's boots if, if anything goes wrong next year come the the lines to her. so yeah, good to see France are stay um, in form.
0: Yeah, no,
1: those that's, are my two guys.
0: Yeah, those are that's those are great picks. You know, I, I'm, unfortunately, I don't have the team sheets here, but I was I was the one thing that I I looked at. You know, I, I think it was an interview with Razor Robinson. Robinson, he said, you know, his job is to prepare Crusaders for Test rugby for the All Blacks. So you know, when I started looking at. Uh, the teams now are specifically side the Bulls, and I'm looking at what Jake White's doing. You know, he's adopting a pattern. And when you when the team sheet came out, he he he'd adopted the the term finishes. So that obviously makes me think when him and Eddie were sitting down having a few beers together, they obviously discussed this uh, whole concept of finishes and how to use replacements and stuff. And you know. The bulls used their their bench quite effectively, you know, into that last 30 minutes of the game to close up to close out the game. So, I think you know the adoption of the the Springbok game plan as we we had last year will play a very important role for players to show what they can do inside the framework of what Rassi and Jacques have, have set up. But at the same time, you want players to be able to express themselves at the right time, and I'm I'm a firm believer that you you get to express yourself once you get your basics right, and you you know you've got a functioning scrum and a functioning uh, line-out. And I, I won't uh, I won't repeat what I said about um, the cheetahs fans to Richard earlier today, but uh, it's you know it, it's very easy to to sit and uh, criticise teams and criticise players. But uh, and tell them what to do when you haven't got the basics right. And I, you know, I want to tip my head to that, the the cheetah side and the the Gricos again, uh, as I did at the beginning of the the beginning of our discussion. That those two sides really, you know, have set a benchmark for the other sides to to set up and go. Okay, you know, we we've got to, we're going to have to step up for the step up for the rest of the tournament. Otherwise, we're going to be chasing these two teams. And then I, d- I don't. I mean, I really mean we should. Uh, no team should take the Greekos lightly because they definitely, you know, a couple of home games there. They're going to really put teams uh, teams to the sword if they don't come prepared.
2: Yeah. No, well, I think it's important to also remember that the Cheetahs weren't the only team that lost their franchise status. The Greekos also have something to play for. I mean, they were granted franchise status by SA Rugby. They were promised to be. They're going to get a spot in a tournament to to play in. It never happened and they've lost that status without even having played a game in any tournament yeah. and you'd never heard them complaining um about the system being unfair towards them and um for me they've just taken the step up and said guys this is now we've not actually been given a good opportunity to to play against full strength as, as i said last week full strength bulls sharks stormers lions let's take that opportunity and show what we can offer and i mean if if, if, the, if the Gricos really steps up this tournament, if the Cheetahs can uh, come to the party, it might force Esa into a rethink before uh, the start of the 2022 or 2021-22 Pro 14 season. We, they might have to rethink the whole structure in or they, if, if these two actually come to the party and hopefully the Pumas, based on them getting back into the game in the second half uh, against the Cheetahs, maybe they've also got something to prove to us.
0: But to be fair, Richard, you know, I don't think Twitter's Twitter and Facebook has come to Kimberley yet.
2: No, probably not. <laughs> so,
0: you, know, you don't actually know what the Griquas fans are thinking.
2: So yeah. Well, it's quite strange. I mean, I had a friend who played for a couple of games with Griquas, and he said it's like, it's typical small town. Like Everybody in Kimberley knows what's going on at the Griquas, yeah. But I think outside of that, not a lot that people know is actually what's going on there.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right, uh, to conclude, William, you you got any closing remarks there that you wanna you wanna add?
1: Yeah, just on. I know there's been a, quite a bit of chat about the quiz but hopefully Pumas can also step their game up, and that uh, second and half performance is something that we can look forward to for the rest of um, Super Rugby Unlocked and Curry Cup. It would be great to see them um, putting their name in the hat, just like requested did, and there's no reason why they can't. They've also got a strong, a good squad, um, experienced coach, and hopefully they can um, also step up and get involved with some upsets, hopefully not against um, Stormers or, or Western Province, but hopefully against some of <laughs> the other bigger teams that they can um, put their name in the hat and show that we can um, field seven strong teams within South African rugby and not just uh, the big four. Yeah. Well, that's um, what we need. Well, yeah,
0: yourself, Richard, you want to sign off there with some some wisdom?
2: Yeah, I think, well, as, as William touched on there, like, if, if we can build seven strong teams, which, and, um, J- judging by the rumor mill, if if uh, SA rugby announces tomorrow that they're not going to send the box to the rugby champs, it gives us the perfect opportunity to have seven full-strength teams in South Africa playing against one, once, uh, each other from, from now till end of Jan. And I think that's an, it's an opportunity we've never had in the professional era to have something as strong as that, as seven strong teams week in, week out, um, for all season so that's something to look forward to if a rugby if the rumor mill is to be believed uh for tomorrow
0: but james thanks for joining me and uh thanks for your inputs uh on this weekend's past weekends rugby and uh what we expect to see in the future from the teams and what we should be looking out for i really appreciate it Cheers yes.
2: Joe. Sure. Well.